You didn't just wear a diaper the entire time. That's how exactly. You were. I did. I I wasn't. I wasn't going to say it like that. Diaper. But since you've called me out, I did. I wore a diaper. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today I've got Christina Chapetta with me for this episode because I was on the homepage last week. I saw a video of her trying to ride every double black trail in the Whistler Bike Park, which is a pretty solid way to spend the day given that there are 22 of them. So Whistler is a big place that's full of all kinds of trails, and I feel like it's also in a lot of riders' top five places to visit one day. So I wanted to get Christina on the show to see what her day was like, what went right, what went wrong, hear about all the trails, of course. So first, Christina, I see you in all of these videos, sometimes doing ridiculous things. Can you tell the people, is that like your job description at Pick Bike? What is your job description? <laughs> That is a that is a loaded question, Levy. What right? is my job description? Well, technically, I'm just a video presenter, but um, I did get hired originally two years ago with the intention of covering enduro content specifically because, you know, we totally acknowledge that enduro is awesome. And I personally love to race enduro races. And so that was kind of the whole goal there. But, you know, with pandemics and things going on, um, my job titles shifted a little bit momentarily. So so I kind of get the opportunity to come up with cool ideas for videos. Sometimes viewers send me ideas for videos, which is super helpful. So definitely keep those coming. And yeah, this is a video that I've personally wanted to do since I began with Pink Bike. <laughs> this video idea had been around for a long time, but we literally waited to the final moments of the closing weekends of the bike park to get it done so we actually had a few less hours than we would have liked to have had that day because the park was only open 10 to 5 and yeah you know for someone that lives in whistler i ride the bike park all the time but just like a bunch of other people i get sucked into a-line laps and dirt merchant laps and if i'm lucky maybe i'll get a little crab apple hit here and there so I have this sick downhill bike this year. I thought, you know what? I got to take this baby and put it through all the paces of the bike park. So we did it. Who who came up with the idea? Did you remember? Was it a PB user? Was it a Pinker that came up with the idea? Or was it yourself or Jason? I think it was a collaboration between me and Jason. Like I probably yeah. mentioned at some point that I wanted to do that. And Jason's so good with ideas. He's like, perfect. Let's make a video about it. So it was a bit of a collaboration there, if I remember correctly. And... Um, Jason actually shot the the good shots in that video. We had GoPros running, but Jason was there to be supportive and, you know, keep us honest, make sure we didn't miss anything. Yeah, it's a good team that we have going. But they're not my usual trails. Like, maybe yeah. in a season, I would hit all of them at some point. But there's there's never, ever been a day where I'm like, yeah, let's ride Goat's Gully and then Captain Safety. And, you know, well, maybe like Christina, a dirt merchant, too. <laughs> those are all the great natural trails, though. You don't you don't just do A-line laps all day, every day, do you? Uh, yes, I definitely do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you live in Whistler, you definitely, the, the good technical trails are outside the bike park. You know, they're far yeah. away from the crowds and the lift lines. So when I go into the park, I just kind of want to zone out and just do trains down the jump trails. And a little fun fact about me that most people don't believe is that my favorite lap in the bike park is Beeline. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So you'll find can me you, on a lot of like beeline and blue flow trails. <laughs> can you tell me tell me why you like beeline so much? Because I'm I'm right there with you. You love beeline too. I love it. It's Thank so good. You. Those corners are yes. so good. I yes. Agree. I love beeline because I can ride beeline with any friend any day, whether they're you know newer to mountain biking or just have a mad hangover and want a chill lapper like beelines yeah. bomb you can ride it no chain um if yeah. you're familiar with like the whistler fat wednesday races beelines always the first race of the year and the cool kids ride it chainless because you don't need a pedal on that trail you can smash every single berm hit every little jump go as fast as you want and not have too many issues so that's always my warm-up lap which is ironic because for Double Black Diamond Day, the warm-up lap was fade to black, which is very, <laughs> casual, very different. <laughs> casual. You know, it's always dangerous. I, I So many times I've said like, oh, let's just do a chill warm-up on like crank it up. And you know what happens? I do something stupid. That's when you do something stupid on like the easy trails and you blow up. Definitely. Yeah, you blow a berm or, you know, those easy, mellow warm-up laps. They're supposed to be for checking the dirt, seeing how the bike feels. Is something <sighs> loose? But yeah, I mean, accidents still happen, so. All right, let's talk about prep a little bit, uh, planning for the day. First off, what is the bike you ride? And did you make any changes to that thing for such a big day in the bike park? No. So if you've seen my bike, you know what it is, because it looks like a session. It is a session. It's a trek session. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, the, it's the newer version from this year, and I set it up mullet which is the first mullet style bike I've ever ridden. And I freaking love it. And a bunch of, not a bunch, maybe a few commenters were like, oh, where's the slash? Why didn't you take the slash out? And it's because I live in Whistler. So if you live at a bike park, like it makes complete sense to have a downhill bike that's set up for just how you like to ride, um, which in the bike park is a little bit of everything. You know, you set it up for a jump trail, but then you go ride friggin' original sin or in deep or something. So you just kind of have to pick your battles there. Um, I just set it up for my average day of riding. Not going to lie. The hands got a little bit tired by the end of the day, but I think that'll happen. (laughs) I have another name for this day, the lobster claw challenge. (laughs) (laughs) But you actually have to ride with lobster claws on your hands. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Find those in a Halloween store somewhere. So the bike... The bike was bone stock, how you run it with your setup. You didn't change anything, no new tires, anything like that. What about yourself? The day before you're going out to do, I mean, this is seven hours of descending, and I know that's just another day for a lot of Whistler locals, but did you do anything for yourself? Did you take a day off beforehand? Did you eat some extra Skittles? Probably did not take a day off. Um, <laughs> I love Skittles. I do love Skittles. How did you yeah. know? I I did I created a plan on Trail Forks because it's so easy in the bike park to like miss one little connector trail and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're run you're screwed because you just missed that trail that you had to hit. So I did actually make a plan and I had friends join me throughout the day because I knew that, you know, I'm a bit of a liability. I can't be out there riding double black diamond trails by Cu- myself. Couple crashes, couple crashes. Yeah, there were maybe a few crashes that happened. And, you know, French Connection, these are trails that, that don't get ridden very often. So I was like, if anything happens, I need to make sure someone's there with me. So I lined up my friends, which is actually super hard to do. If anybody knows, um, trying to herd cats and get them somewhere on time is very difficult. 
but I basically just sent them my game plan. I said, these are my laps. You know, this is roughly a time that I'm planning to be back at the base to pick up another homie and keep shredding. And they did so good. They were there on time. Some of them were even early because the beginning of the day, the lit, there weren't a lot of lift lines. So I was actually a bit ahead of schedule at one point. And I was like, oh no, I'm like, I'm going to get stuck out here and have to do a lap by myself. But everybody was on it. I'd say that was the biggest preparation was just building my schedule, making sure I had people to ride with. And also like just keeping the flow going. Cause if I stopped for snacks or a bathroom break, or even just to have a chat in the lift line, like all that stuff adds up time. And I didn't want to get behind schedule and find myself just hiking all the trails on the mountain, not to get back to the lift line. Right. So that was probably my, my biggest planning. I did bring a bag with me that had like snacks, layers, all the extra GoPro accessories. Did you bring a tube? Well. Did you bring a tube and a pump? I did bring a tube did. and a pump. Good. I actually, I just, I, I see everybody in the bike park <laughs> with no tubes or pumps ever. I'm like, what are you people doing? It's crazy. I mean, it's fine if you're just riding Fitzsimmons laps, but I've saved people's day up on top of the world by having, you know, my little EDC tool and a pump yeah. and a tube, and that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of planning, did you did you organize the day in a way that maybe you, so you hit like the higher consequence trails earlier in the day when you were fresher or were you just like, whoa, let's just go? I knew that I wanted, it was really cold that day. So I knew yeah. I wanted to hit a couple of lower mountain laps first um, just to make sure that, you know, the actual top of the mountain could dethaw. And yeah. get rid of a bit of ice and some snow that was up there. A bit of ice. There was an ice, yeah. That day was, it was quite slippery. I would say every single rock that we rode on was quite wet. <laughs> so our first lap that day, uh, we started on the Fitzsimmons zone. We dropped into um, just that first little hit on A-line. <laughs> so a quick hip jump. And then Ninja Cougar. So our first double black was fade to black. And then we went to Pulp Fiction, which can confirm, first time riding Pulp Fiction that year. There were actually a lot of trails that day I rode for the first time that year. <laughs> I pick my favorites and I stick to them. So for those that haven't been there, what is Fade to Black like? Is that the one, I feel like that's the one with the step ups and the step downs, I think? Fade to Black is like the famous uh, road gap jump. So it's a it's the first feature there starts with a wooden bit of a road gap but it's not super massive it's just a nice progressive trail that if you then wanted to step up to the pro lines on dirt merchant you would want to stay you know you'd want to make sure you cleaned fade to black so there's a nice little road gap there um, and then you round a corner there's a little like step up onto a wooden bridge a step down but it's a nice short piece of trail that if you you know were interested in riding that stuff you could just go have a sesh there yeah. for you know good little while and hike back up and hit the features i saw you riding with tom were you pacing yourself or were you were you just like you just said it because it looked like you were just sending it christina tom has a habit of getting me really riled up he's very vocal <laughs> he's very encouraging isn't he <laughs> he's very exciting and also like tom this is tom's first year riding like whistler bike park proper anytime oh, he's so come keen. here before he's yeah, he's only ever ridden the in, the EWS track, so it was kind of hilarious. Tom was following that day, and he actually had no idea what he was riding. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, you go first, Tom. I'll follow you. And he's like, I don't know where we are. But he did so good. Next up, you went to a trail called Tatiana. I've never actually heard of. And there was a big old rock on there. How'd that go? Yep. So Tatiana, a new double black diamond trail on the lower mountain this year. I had never ridden it yet just because, you know, it was right next to Beeline and I always ride Beeline. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, it's it started out as what used to be a loamer. People still call it a loamer, but it's definitely not. And then there's just this spicy rock slab that's probably like 20, 30 feet long, yeah. but the just mud gets dragged onto the rock. So I'd heard about it. I, I knew there was a rock coming. And sure enough, I was like, oh, I totally got this. And then just touched my rear brake ever so slightly while it was still on the rock she spun first wheel was like off in the berm and then that was that was first crash of the day second lap first crash i was covered in mud well it's good to get it out of the way we we had to right exactly that's kind of what i was feeling and also i was like you know if anybody takes a crash today it should probably be me i don't want my homies out there crashing on my behalf right yeah i took one for the team that rock in the video it never does it justice video never does shit justice especially how cold and wet and slimy it looked how slippery was it it was super slippery like like i said everybody when you ride that rock you're you're kind of navigating some roots and stuff before it so you can't you don't just ride into it all hunky-dory you're dragging mud onto the rocks yeah and so it's just a tiny little section of trail. It actually goes off of Devil's Club, so you almost don't even know it's there. But Did you make any wrong turns? Like, did you cost yourself any time throughout the day? Because if you make a wrong turn there, you can lose, like, a ton of vertical just like that. No. So actually, lap two was one of the um, quite technical laps, I would say, in that we had to make one special maneuver to get – the next section of trail that we rode, which is afternoon, lower afternoon delight, Classic, um, so upper good. afternoon delights, only a single diamond. Yeah. But yeah, that was tricky because Tatiana dumps out right where lower afternoon delight dumps out. Yeah. So we actually just keep this between us, obviously. <laughs> Don't <laughs> we'll say it on the podcast. <laughs> we, we just hiked back up the ski hill a couple of meters. Yeah. Um, like, 20 meters or so and then hit afternoon delight because otherwise you'd you'd literally waste a whole lap just doing that one section of trail so i was like all right we don't have time for this we're gonna hit tatiana smashed the ground with my body hiked back uphill road lower afternoon delight so after that i was like okay that was that was the crux move that's a lie. That was not the crux move of the day. I feel day. like Goat Scully was the one. crux move of the day. I think you're right. <laughs> we'll get to that, though. We'll get there. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm curious, Christina. So on this day, you rode a bunch of berm trails with jumps, and it's late in the season, so there's probably some breaking bumps. They're probably, it's probably fairly rough in spots. But there's also, like, the Technar stuff, you know, Lower Afternoon Delight, Tatiana, uh, Joyride has plenty of pointy rocks. On a day like this, is a super long day. What's what makes you more nervous? The jump trails or the the pointy rocks and the tech? That's a good question. I was quite worried about crab apple. Even though it's a pro line, I was like, I gotta throw in crab apple. Yeah. 
Um, and believe it or not, not everybody likes to ride those size of jumps. So oh, weird. for that lap, I had to make sure, you know, I had somebody there with me that was actually going to ride the line because it's, it's intimidating to drop in by yourself. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a bit of a crux one. And I think Goat's Gully probably would have been my next, like, one that I was worried about. All the upper other trails, like, I ride them here and there. You know, you always have a friend that's like, let's go ride Joyride. And you're like, what are you smoking? It's my favorite. You're crazy. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I love that trail. You would. I've ridden that trail probably more ride than up any it. other trail on that mountain. But it's been closed so much lately that yes. yeah, that I haven't, I haven't been able to ride it a bunch. But yeah. 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 So actually, that's a good point. Because in the video, we don't get to ride um, a section of Joyride because it has been closed and... That was a huge gamble on this day. You never know what they're going to close or what they're working. So I made my schedule. You know, I just showed up at the park. And thankfully, pretty much everything was open and riding throughout the day. But, yeah, yeah building this building this lap list, I was like, ooh, there's some heavy hitters here. But most of them I've ridden this year. So, And when you're on the big bike, you know, yeah. everything's easy. Yeah, ish, ish. I mean, Joyride <laughs> in the soaking wet and cold is still, let's be honest, it's still fairly tech. It's still pretty sketchy, isn't it? Uh, yep, Cam confirmed that rock that we rode on Upper Joyride. You might have seen that clip the, the where my bike one. got pretty 90. Yeah. Christina, I have that slid so down wild. that rock on my face multiple <laughs> times. I know exactly what was going through your head. Hold on! <laughs> yeah, that rock, uh, that's called McSkimming's Rock. Yeah. And every time I come up to that split, yep. trust me, this is not a trail I would choose to ride. This is a friends-only trail. Uh, every time you come up to that split, it's like you can go left down McSkimming's Rock or right, which is honestly not any easier. It's another rock. It used rock. to be. It used to be when there was dirt, yeah. but anybody that's been going to Whistler Bike Park more than 10, 15 years, yeah. they remember there used to be dirt on those rocks, but now they're just rocks. <laughs> you know, that rock, Christina, it's long enough. It's long enough that your bike is sliding on it early enough that you're like, oh shit, I still have like... 200 feet of sliding sideways to get to the bottom of this fucking thing legit all you can do is like look to the berm at the end with your eagle eye vision and just kind of hope for the best yeah it's a great berm you just gotta make it there yeah thank god that berm's there hey speaking of wet rocks how about freaking captain safety (laughs) yeah captain safety and i we go way back i don't think i've ever ridden that trail in the dry (laughs) You should try it. It's much more manageable than dry, Christina. <laughs> I think so. I think I could actually like maybe redeem myself one day if I go there in the dry. But it's also it's you know it's a little section of trail. It goes off of N deep and it yep. goes back onto N deep. So it's like, mm, it's do you really want to ride Captain Safety? It's a couple of moves. I saw that rock, and I don't know if you watched the video. I think we did it like two years ago now with G Atherton and I, and he he showed me how he oh, humbled one. Yeah, he showed me how he rides down that rock. It, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was dry, but it was very different than how you and I approach it, Christina. Yeah, that rock in the dry is totally different. You can actually, well, I don't know if you can see it in the video, but Dennis, my, my buddy Dennis, was leading us out on that rock, mm-hmm. and then it was Haley, and then it was me. And Dennis rode like far riders left, which is actually way gnarlier. It's steeper and over there. Yeah. yeah, way steeper. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to take the mellow route and, you know, go straight, catch that little catch. It's not even a corner. 
little spot to stop and then carry on. You know what caught you? And, that uh, tree. That tree. That tree. It was that dang little tree. It was like a Charlie Brown Christmas yeah. tree. Yeah. It just <laughs> never stood a chance. But anybody that's listening to this that has ridden Captain Safety in the wet, or maybe they've even seen that tree in the dry, they know the tree that we're talking about. It's definitely it's saved Brown people Christmas from tree. going lower. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, and you, when you watch that little crash on the video, you're like, oh, it's so mellow and it looks all lush and soft there where you landed. Yeah. But I did actually tear my hamstring in that crash. Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> Turns out. Yeah. Are you are you still injured? You're still hurting? Um, I am still recovering from that, so to speak. I am. I'm riding bikes and I'm, I'm, I'm OK. I was able to go to Rampage and hike very kind of mellow, yeah. mellow stuff. Um which doesn't exist at Rampage, but we're we're still here. But yeah, after that crash, that was that was towards the end of the day. So I still had like two gnarly laps to go. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. So that that crash happened. You still had a few laps. Were the rest of the laps just cruisy then? I tried. Maybe? I definitely tried to go cruisy. But after that lap, we did drop in clinic. We did another Garbo lap. So no duff. Renegade is also quite spicy. It's very similar to that Captain Safety Rock, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, the lap that we finished on, Upper Whistler DH, you know, maybe not, maybe not cruisy. But but we survived. Adrenaline, man, is one hell of a drug, I tell you. Yeah, you were probably much more sore when you got home than during the, during the day. Definitely. (laughs) What was Goat's Gully like? That's a... That's a classic for anybody listening that's been to Whistler in the last 20 years. They probably know what Goat's Gully is like. How was that? Goat's Gully is my nemesis. But I've never actually crashed on Goat's Gully. It's one of those trails. It's like a do or die. If you crash, you're going to have a bad time. So you just don't. You don't crash. You focus. You just stay online and crush it. But yeah, Goat's Gully is definitely a trail I ride. I make myself ride it once a year. This year, I think I rode it two or three times total, but that's enough. You know, I don't, I don't need to yeah. do that anymore. You know, it's it's funny because I think we've both ridden gnarlier things, even even lately. But there's something about Goat's Gully. You come into it, and I think visually, you look down and you, like you could see the bottom of Goat's Gully, like you know, 300 feet down there, and it's not a cliff or anything. But if you fall. You are going to ragdoll on those kind of tiled-in rocks, and it's rough and slippery, and it's a sketchy little thing. It is, but it's it's deceiving because when you drop into Goat's Gully from the ski hill, it's actually some of the best trails in the mountain. Like, you don't feel like you're on, you're in a bike park at that point because there's dirt and it's beautiful. And then you round the corner and you're like, oh, okay, we're in the belly of the beast now. And here we go. And it used to be, like, one trail that went down the gully but now there's probably like three to five big braids and like some huge moves in there that mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know if i'll ever do the moves where you like drop off the trail and into the next zone i prefer to I do the i was just gonna ask <laughs> if you've ever done that one there's one off the bridge isn't there yeah have you done it no no give me a fucking That's break crazy. zero chance no no I like to ride Goat's Gully. Like, that's like that kind of rocky tech is. I love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But yeah, no, the line straight down is. No, that's not for me. No, no, no I don't know who that's for, but it's definitely not for me. Um, it's, no. yeah, it's extra spicy. But I'm stoked that we did it because Haley loves that lap. So she actually 
she called dibs on that. When I sent out the list to the group of friends that were going to come ride to ride with me that day, she she called Goat Scully. She loves it for some f- stupid reason. I don't know. That's mountain biking, Christina. I guess so. It's not BMXing down A-Line no. and Dirt Merchant. I just made a lot of people go that. <laughs> <laughs> that is also mountain biking, maybe. It is. Yeah. No, it just is. It's not technical. Christina, who did you end up riding with that day? I know I watched the video and I saw four or five different people that you rode with. Yeah, I'm so lucky that um, other friends of mine also don't work traditional nine to five jobs. So we were able. <laughs> Hashtag Whistler. <laughs> Hashtag Whistlife. We, they all kind of worked their schedules around in between editing, doing their thing to come help me. Um, I got Tom Bradshaw there for the first couple of laps. You know, thought it'd be rude not to. He loves a good excuse yeah. to ride the bike park. I can pretty much throw him down anything, too, and he's stoked, so I needed him to help. He's a good sport. Yeah, his morale at the beginning of the day, crucial. Um, Next up after that, we had Kaz Yamamura come join us because his favorite lap is Upper Joy Ride. So I was like, all right, Kaz, it's lap two. You better show up, get jiggy with it. I'm super stoked to have him. And then, let's see, a couple laps later, that was the Dirt Merchant to Crabapple lap. And I knew that we had some heavy hitting girls on the mountain that day, so we were able to get them all over to Crab Apple. They were already having a sesh, actually. I just joined in. Um, but that was Hannah Bergman, Harriet Burbage Smith, and Robin Gooms. So definitely some of the bigger, best free ride ladies in the world. So, you know, I kind of just tucked into their little line, held the draft, got over the jumps. It's freaking hyped. Um, yeah. And then after that, Denny Corshane, my friend. French-Canadian homie, he showed up on his, I believe it was the Mondraker Foxy. Like, proper trail bike. You know that bike. Yeah, yeah I know that bike. <laughs> that bike? Yeah. That's not a downhill in bike. In my humble opinion, that is not a downhill bike. And Dennis crushed it. Like, he was throwing suies on Canadian Open, knack knack. He was in the Hawaiian shirt, right? The button-up? Uh, was he in a button-up that day? Was he in a party show that day? I think, he, I think he was wearing a party shirt. Okay, he was party riding, that's for he sure. He was definitely party riding. It wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't phase me if he was in a party shirt. That's Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was crushing it, which was good because I hadn't hit a few of the features on Canadian Open yet. Like, I didn't hit that first step down under the chairlift. Everybody knows that one. If you mess it mm-hmm. up, you get heckled big time or crash yeah. into a tree. So it was nice that I had Dennis there. I could literally just follow him off. We ride together often, so I can get myself in trouble following him, but that particular jump, I was like, we got this. Let's go. And then, yeah, after that, Haley jumped in. Haley Elise, she came for some techie laps. She loves tech stuff. She's she's on another level. And, yeah, those guys held me out to finish the day. Yeah, it was pretty nice. rad. We wanted, we wanted more crew, but, you know, it gets a bit messy when you get more than, like, three riders per lap or so. When you were planning this day... What what were you most nervous about? What trail were you most nervous to hit as a Whistler local? Mm, I mean, the trail itself. I mean, I I don't have a good track record with Captain Safety. <laughs> yeah. And I knew it was going to be wet again. So I'd say yeah. I was most kind of hung up on Goat's Gully and Captain Safety. But more than anything, I was just kind of hung up on a few features within the trails, like things that I hadn't hit yet that year such as Tatiana and um, hadn't ridden Renegade yet that season yeah Upper Canadian Open 
that the big step down under the chair I was a bit worried about. But I also didn't want to skip anything, you know. It's like, all right, I'm out here to ride the double black diamonds. Like, I'm going to hit the features. So we rode the the lower section of Canadian Open is also super technical, but it's hard because there's a big step down there, and then it finishes with a couple of, like, pretty big doubles. Um, so there were just a few things within the trails that I was like, oh, I haven't ridden that yet, but yeah. keeping me honest today, let's go. Let's roll the dice. Let's roll the dice. And, yeah, McSkimming's rock. I just don't have a good track record with that one either. So I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of people out there that don't have a good track record with that old rock. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame them. They used to make us... Yeah make us we used to sign up to race the fat wednesdays and towards the end of the season like right before crankworks would roll into town the most technical fat wednesday race course would be schlayer to joyride to lower canadian open and i have gotten many people including myself have gotten so broken off on that fat wednesday that it leaves a few lingering nightmare vibes around so i was i was pretty happy to Put one down. So I think when people hear that you are hoping to ride 22 trails in the Whistler bike park in a day, I mean, I think a lot of people would assume that's not super difficult. I mean, you have a lift, you know, you get on the lift, you go up the lift. But timing wise, how did that work out? Was it tight? It was tight. It was definitely tight. We were on the first chair of the bike park. They actually, technically the first chair up's like 10 a.m., but we got on about 9.45 or whatever. So we were at the top for 10 a.m., dropping in first thing, and we rode to close. So it took the whole day. And like I said, that was no bathroom breaks. I mean, I did go to the bathroom, but I wasn't stopping to go to the bathroom. I was not going to grab a lunch or coffee you didn't just wear a diaper the entire time. That's how exactly you I were. did. I I wasn't I wasn't going to say it like that, but since you've called me out, I did. I wore a diaper like NASA. I'm basically an astronaut now. Yeah, that's how committed to the cause we were. I had a fanny pack on with spares and tubes and snacks and everything. And yeah, we rode to close that day. And because it was it was beautiful weather that day. So, I mean, had we done this in the rain, I probably wouldn't be here to tell tell you all these stories. Um, but we rode it the following day, and it was beautiful, sunny, so that brought out a lot of people. There were a few moments in the day when we got down to the bottom, and we were like, oh, dang, corral's getting full. Like, this is this is really holding yeah. us back on time. But that kind of helped with the planning. We stuck in those Garbo laps around, like, kind of early afternoon, mid, mid to early afternoon, because I kind of anticipated the, the lower mountain getting busy then. So I was like, all right, let's... Go spend some time up in Garbo. Nobody else is dumb enough to come up here with how cold it is. And, uh, yeah, then we could ride out that last lap at the end of the day. But, yeah, when I was building this on Trail Forks, man, it get, it got really intimidating really quickly. Because it's 22 double yeah. black diamond trails, but then, like, 50 more trails that I need to connect them all together. So it was... That's a yeah, good point. Was, you didn't just ride 22 trails. You had to ride a bunch of other trails as well, too, in order to link all those double blacks oh, yeah. up, eh? Yeah, and some of the middle stuff, I mean, it's, you know, we had to ride a lot of single black diamond stuff just to access the other trails. So, you know, you think you're going to take it all easy on too tight or afternoon delight, and all of a sudden you're like, you're vibing, and you're you're a little maybe low on energy and, and calories. So you're yeah, like, okay, yeah. I don't want to fall and crash on the transfer stage. That's always... You know, rule number one of Enduro yeah. is 
make sure you get to the next lap. Yeah, right. So it did take the whole seven hours. It took the entire day oh, to yeah. do it, basically. It was a full wow. day. I don't think we could have squished in one more lap. And just because you're here keeping me honest on, on the podcast, there was one trail I did not get to ride that is a double black diamond in the bike park now, and that one is Sabertooth Tiger. Oh yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah, I love that trail. They changed it though, because it yeah, it goes down to Creekside, it? and so Creekside wasn't open. It's closed for the year at this point, um, so we couldn't realistically get up to Garbo for last chair and then poach a trail down to Creekside and somehow get back to the Whistler area. So we did have to yeah, skip that one, yeah. but I felt okay with it because it used to be a Black Diamond Trail. Only towards the end of the season did they upgrade it to a double black as it got a bit more eroded. Mm-hmm, so, you know, what? Mm-hmm. for all those people at home, they're going to be like, you did not ride every single double black diamond trail. That's why. And I'm okay with it. I mean, the mountain was closed. You would have been stuck down there. And also, we couldn't have put it in the video. You can't ride a closed trail in the That's bike a good park. <laughs> That's a very video, good point. I don't you know? think the bike patrol would have would have let that one pass. Hey, Christina, how did your bike hold up? I know you had a few crashes. <laughs> Maybe. Did the bike survive? The though? bike did super well. I think I actually did have to do a bolt check uh, in the lift line midday. We that's, don't stop for those. That's strange. <laughs> Seven <laughs> hours of rattling it down the mountain. That's very, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the bike, I mean, it's new to me this season. So it's not like anything's stuck and rusted into place yet. It, you still got to check those bolts. So my bike did awesome. Yeah. Nobody, nobody had issues that day. It was, it was such a good day. Yeah, we all, we all had the task at hand, and we took it very seriously. I did. I brought a spare change Edward of clothes because <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna get dirty at some point, and I did when I crashed. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't have time to change. Let's. The show must go on. All right. So for anybody listening that wants to do something like this themselves, riding all 22 double black trails in the Whistler Bike Park. What kind of tips would you give them? What should they know going into this? That is a tricky question. What should you know? Well, honestly, it did help me to make a plan. Because if you just look at a list of 22 trails and you're like, I want to ride them all. It's kind of overwhelming. And some trails are within other trails, you know, such as drop-in clinic. We had to ride a totally different trail to get there just to hit this tiny little section. So I, I personally do like to set goals. It helps to, you know, keep me entertained, keep me progressing as well. It keeps me off of A-line and dirt merchant laps only. So part of my goal with this was like, okay, I'm going to make a plan, a uh, plan of attack. And, you know, I would definitely suggest finding some homies to ride with. Find some friends that are also up for a little bit of a wacky time navigating around the mountain maybe you're going to stop and session something there's tons of features within each of these trails that you don't want to just ride blindly into them so plan it out you know maybe even on trail forks they've got those little indicators of like okay here's the road gap and here's a rock step up or something so you can kind of build a plan there and be mentally prepared for it but the reality is like things go crazy out there you know you slide on one little rock roll you break your brake lever off i mean luckily there's there's tons of bike shops in the village so as long as you're committed to the cause and you're down to have a good time like you'll be totally fine but do bring some friends along i find that always helps me i almost never ride alone which is totally opposite to you levy you're always ride alone and uh yeah just have some fun with it every year you know i get older 
bikes get better. My The young groms in town are getting better and better than me every year. So I still want to be like, you know what? I hit Crabapple this year. Or, oh, I can ride Upper Whistler DH. And it's, it's quite important to me as a rider um, just to keep progressing and not let those little things go. If you don't use it, you lose it. So if you take a couple seasons off of hitting big jumps or technical lines, like it's a lot harder to to get that stuff back. So yeah, kind of make a little plan, go attack it, have some fun, bring some spares, and maybe do it on a warmer, longer day, midsummer. Sunny day, and all you park rats listening, bring a tube and a mm-hmm. pump. Jesus. Yeah, I was totally prepared that day. I run tubeless setup, but I had a tube, I had a pump, I had my... I'm probably one of the only people in the bike park that carries my EDC tool in my downhill steerer tube because, yeah. like I said, you need to do these bolt checks mid lap too. You know, if you're and then it's always there for you. Or if you crash and you you your brake lever rotates up and you got to loosen it to dial it back down, like people riding without Allen keys in the bike park, I totally. Don't and even on downhill bikes, like you yeah. might have a chain guide on there, but I mean, it's getting so crazy and rattly on the mountain, like your chain can still pop off. So it's nice to have a little tool there yeah. to help you to get on your merry way. And you're not wasting time walking your bike down because we've all been there. And I can tell you that walk of shame, it just sucks. Everybody's still hitting lines and, you know, doing trains on the mountain and you're walking your bike under the chairlift getting heckled. It's not fun. One time I broke the swing arm of my orange 224 in half right at the top of Garbanzo, but I was low enough that I didn't want to go back up to the chairlift. Like, it would have taken me a while to hike up. So I ended up descending on the road all the way down Whistler Bike Park to the bottom on my 224 with the swing arm broken in half. And the That's it was impressive. I, I should have brought a square yeah, swing seriously, arm. Seriously, where's, where's your duct tape when you need it? I've seen some crazy stuff. That's a podcast for the future, I think. Things of Whistler Bike Park. There were so many people in the comments of this video that, you know, either knew exactly what I did and had mad respect because they're like, wow, I've ridden some of those trails on my trips, but never all of them in one day. And there were tons of people that were saying, wow, I can't believe your hands could hold on that day. And then there were also a few that said, wow, I would love to ride one double black diamond in my life. And I thought that was so cool that, you know, a challenge, a silly little challenge that I took on could relate to so many people, you know, inspire people to actually check out a double black diamond trail because, you know, there were plenty of years and even still like on Goat's Gully, there are features that, you know, I still go around or today's not the day or I'm not feeling it. And that's totally fine. So I say if you are interested in stepping up your riding, at least drop into the trail just drop in check it out if you have to walk a couple features and you know you see it you just start to desensitize yourself to that kind of gnarly stuff you're like oh i've I've seen a rock roll like this you know i can hit another rock roll similar to this somewhere else maybe so i think that's kind of the biggest Mm -hmm. takeaway for me is you do you but kind of find out the best way that works for you i suppose All right, that is probably enough making everyone listening jealous about riding the Whistler Bike Park, especially given that it's now closed for the year. But maybe you can listen to this chat with Christina to keep that stoke going through the winter until Whistler opens back up again next spring. And if you've got questions for Christina about her day, what to ride in Whistler, or just bike parks in general, put them down below and either myself or Christina will get in there and we might even answer them. That is it for episode 91. We'll see you next time around.